Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Own the Moment podcast. And despite what our title slide said, this is not actually an NBA Top Shot show. This is our first dedicated NFL All Day show. We are going to be talking exclusively NFL All Day today. And, you know, I'm joined today by Jay Swa. Uh, You've seen him on the OTM website, been writing for us for a couple of weeks. And um, you know, has been uh, an avid Top Shot and NFL All Day collector for a while. So, Jay, welcome to the show. We're thrilled to have you on the team. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's it's been an interesting uh, time exploring uh, NFL All Day, and you know, something we're going to talk about in a bit here. But uh, the comparisons between Top Shot and, and NFL All Day they're they're inescapable, and, and they're kind of a double edged sword. Uh, but we'll go in and talk about that. But uh, I appreciate you you having me on and, and let me be a part of your uh, initial hosting duties. And I'm excited to, to talk a little NFL all day. Yeah, we're laughing because uh, this is take two already. I already messed something up. So we're going to see if we can get this one right. I stopped the first broadcast after like 30 seconds or something. So we're going to figure this out. We don't have producer Coop behind the scenes today. He's uh, on a well-deserved date night. And so... Uh, we're going to figure this out. Jay and I are smart people. And uh, if we if we mess something up, we'll hit pause, I guess. So, uh, you know, Jay, I think before we jump into uh, to NFL all day and kind of talking about it, I'd love just to you to give a little bit more of an intro to yourself and how you came to be involved in Top Shot, how you came to be involved in NFL all day, which I'm assuming is through Top Shot because I know a little bit about your history and um, and then, you know, just how you got started with uh, with on the moment. Absolutely. So um, I've been uh, betting on sports for pretty seriously for about a decade now. And, uh, you know, I'm a product of the, the Chris Moneymaker poker boom days, uh, you know, buddies and I in, in middle school and high school. Uh, a lot of our dads are, are, are kind of, you know, quasi degenerate gamblers or, or, or at least poker players, betters, things of that nature. Um, so that really caught on with us. We would play fantasy season long fantasy leagues uh, every year. Um, and obviously play, play uh, cash games, things of that nature on the weekends. Uh, I went off to college and my buddies actually started taking poker a little bit more seriously. And I would come home in the summer. Uh, we would kind of pick up on those games and whatnot. And one of my buddies got into sports betting, uh, knew a guy who would take some action. And if we referenced people to him, uh, you know, he'd give us some free bets. So uh, we were, you know, uh, summer in between college, just uh, having a good time. Uh, going, we had a, like a little door to door job we did, uh, pushing free estimates for window siding and roofing. Uh, side note: if if that company ever comes to you, do not go with them. Uh, <laughs> but but we had a good time, and, and we would just talk about the lines and stuff and, and the games. And it was during baseball season, and you know we were pretty big fish back then, and, and we would bet on uh, like the the best starting pitchers. And we started realizing like we're, we're really even with free bets, like we're not doing well. Um, so my buddies kind of drifted back towards poker and, and I was kind of, I was hooked. Um, so like after college, kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, my best friend at the time, he had graduated before me, but he had a, uh, a conference in Vegas during March madness. And he knew how big of a college basketball fan I am. So I went out there, um, actually met some professional betters, uh, who kind of took us under their, their wing for the weekend. I, I had a great time and then kind of couple of weeks before graduation knew that, all right, I, I, this is something I want to take seriously. So kind of started following their advice, went to grad school, picked a career that would let me uh, to live the DGen lifestyle I wanted to live, which is uh, just happened to be molding young minds as a teacher. 
Um, just, you know, not working weekends, never at night, things of that nature. Um, and, but with always the intention to move back out West. So I'm in the DC area right now. Um, so I was just building a bankroll, going to grad school, uh, grinding college basketball, NFL, things of that nature. Uh, DFS then had their boom. So kind of like all my poker friends and I met back at DFS streets, um, kind of started getting into that. Uh, but then Vegas actually banned, uh, DraftKings and other DFS. And so I kind of went off that for a while. Uh, two years later, I moved out to Vegas, was a full-time better, uh, decided to come back to my job after I learned a lot about it. Uh, but I, the biggest thing I learned was, uh, all the people I wanted to meet. I was meeting them via online. It wasn't like I didn't have to yeah. be in Vegas. And it was right when the Supreme Court was uh, overturned the ban on sports betting. So there was like so many moving parts. It's actually very similar to then the NFT uh, kind of avalanche that happened. So um, went back to my job, um, decided I wanted to start a blog, a podcast, uh, try to tell people what sports betting is really like, not like those, uh, you know, DraftKings or whatever commercials we'll see. Uh, and then Bale's article came out. I was like, this guy's helped me make you know a decent amount of money in DFS and whatnot. Um, so I got into Top Shot. That's also when everything shut down. Uh, you know, working from home, things of that nature. So got you know boxed into a, a, a pretty nice bankroll with that. And, and uh, then I found out on the moment when it was kind of like you guys were like the the oasis where I feel like everyone was just like, oh, this is free money. You know, this is going to go on forever. And I remember um, you know hearing stuff from Justin and some of the other guys. And I was like, okay, this kind of resonates where I'm coming from. Uh, so I, I would use a lot of the, the tools to help me out there. I'm also not like i I'm not a huge quant guy, but I, I know that I'm not a huge quant guy. So, uh, I, you know, I, I have no problem getting data from somewhere else and, and, and trusting it rather than me trying to create my own numbers. So, uh, you know, I, I would use own the moment, uh, to help me with my purchases and uh, then in the fall, once uh, you guys decided you're going to roll out the fancy football, I decided kind of with the Bales article strategy, just uh, it's more important to be first than to be right. So I was like, I'm going all in. I, I really believe in these guys. Uh, I think I met you guys at NFT NYC. I took the train up, uh, chilled with you guys, met you guys, took the train back that night, went back, went to school the next day with a, a bit of a hangover uh and, and you know been writing in discord and, and been writing for you guys uh since nfl all day has been coming out so uh i come from a sports betting ba background pretty basic uh poker background but uh and more of a season-long high dollar season-long fantasy background than than dfs but definitely can you know probably break even dfs uh cash player poker player things of that nature as well yeah yeah, I remember when we got to meet and and you've been writing some articles already just on your own blog for uh, for the owners club and thinking like, yeah, this is something we need to get on the team and, and chatting with you that night. I think that's what we we said, hey, we'll work together. And then, uh, you know, took a little bit of time to to get it ramped up. But we uh, were able to start, you know, right around the time that all day was starting and certainly think, you know, uh, a lot of the value in in backgrounds comes from knowledge of what's going on in the sports themselves, right? That the tools are great, but if you can't contextualize them and so much of, I think, you know, this podcast and, and our, our written content is meant to be, how do we contextualize all the numbers that we have and how do we add that actual sports background into it? So yeah, thrilled to have you on the team. The articles have been great. Kind of, if you haven't looked at them, definitely check them out. Jay's been breaking down top plays from every drop and, you know, adding that, hey, how good is the moment context with the player and their career trajectory, et cetera. And we're going to get into some discussion on that here in a little bit. But 
Uh, so, you know, just to, to kind of set the stage, uh, what, what do we got going on? It's uh, as, as it always is, has been a big week for uh, NFL all day. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that we've got, and I'm going to just try to try to multitask, share my screen while I talk about it is the, uh, is the announcement from the Patrick Mahomes uh, thing. So, you know, we saw this tweet from NFL all day, kind of teased something with Mahomes. We don't know exactly what it is, but you can see the video here of him watching watching his himself. Oh, that's sweet right there. So, you know, uh clearly something big going on this week with Mahomes and uh and Top Shot uh or excuse me and all day uh, top shot <laughs> and all day. Uh Jay, any thoughts, any any guesses as to what we might be getting from Mahomes here? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard not to let your imagination run wild. I know internally, um, you know, people were uh, with the Own the Moment crew, somebody talked about, is it VR? Is it stuff of that nature? And then we kind of had to walk ourselves back saying, hey, you know, this is dapper. We got to kind of have a walk before we can run here. But it, it's easy to, to uh, you know, let your imagination run wild with it. I mean, that, that's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, think about when you know this the first drop started to happen to now you have our pretty much the face of the NFL um, tied with this, right? So I think that's where, like I said, we're going to talk about the comparisons with Top Shot to NFL all day a lot. Um, but if you think about you know Top Shot just having pretty much the equivalent or at least close to the equivalent with Kevin Durant being uh, a part of it, uh, that timeline was a lot narrower with Patrick Mahomes now somehow being a part of NFL all day. So. Um, just one of the first of many the comparisons we'll be making uh, to, to Top Shot, but um, I think it's important to keep our expectations, our short-term expectations, in perspective. But it's it's hard not to to feel good about this when you start looking at it from two, five, ten years um, point of view. Yeah, I definitely think the Mahomes thing more likely to to be a marketing campaign in my mind, featuring him than it is to be some functionality like was was shown in the YouTube video, but. Uh, nonetheless, super exciting that Mahomes is uh, is coming. So um, I think it'll it'll be uh, it'll be awesome to see. Um, and then you know, of course, later this week we have the um, the, the next pack drop. So that will be uh, the pack drop tomorrow. Actually, we're as we're recording this on Thursday night. So uh, that'll be super exciting. Um, we did have uh, you know our own uh, Herzig bot analysis on the EVs of the previous pack drop so for this was for the last replay pack we had the evs of the pack drop um you can see you know the ev projection we had was 40 to 46 dollars for the the standard and the premium was 186 to 217. i think the actuals we've seen is that the ev of a standard pack was 52 so just a little bit higher than our projection and then the ev that we had on the premium pack was 206 so kind of right in the middle um, unfortunately, uh, 206 is still negative EV, but again, it's early and, uh, lots to, to know there. Um, I did, uh, touch base with Justin earlier today and get, uh, the updated projection, uh, which we will share, uh, just a little bit later on in the show. So, uh, I gotta, gotta keep you around to listen to some of the rest of it, uh, before we give out those, uh, those EV numbers, which I'm sure we'll be posting, uh, at some point on Twitter as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and the biggest thing is, is this is where we start to see the other side of it, right? Where, you know, for so long that the problem 
quote unquote problem with Top Shot was the fact that the packs were too uh, much positive EV, right? And how that hurt the marketplace. And, you know, we're only two weeks into the marketplace. And uh, I really think the articles that, that we've been posting recently, um, not just my own, but, uh, you know, John and Ryan's are, are really good places to start um, because, you know, we, we want to have those, you know, those flag plants, if you will. Um, but the, the, the right answer is we're, we're learning from each other. We're constantly reevaluating. And I really think John's article is, is a great way to um, really be introduced to the marketplace as a whole and also what uh, Own the Moment can do with the tools and analysis to help you make sense of everything. Uh, and then Ryan's article and just Ryan in general, uh, quick background. I, I was talking before the show to you and Justin, just Ryan is just, when it comes to futures betting, sports betting, MVP races, things of that nature, he's just like a, an absolute legend in the sports betting community. So I've actually been following him for a really long time. And uh, I, I don't do the the physical cards, but apparently he also is pretty well versed in that as well. So um, I really wouldn't miss anything that he's putting out. Um, and I think he not only gives you uh, the big picture hurdles and, and pros and cons, but then the thing we all want, which is what, what moments are he look, is he looking at? Um, how is he looking at them? And, and uh, is he trying to buy now, uh, you know, short-term, medium-term, or, or potentially long-term? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll touch a little bit more, I think, throughout the show as we get into it on uh, specific things, you know, ways that, that we're thinking about it. But, you know, I'd love to use that as a transition and just get kind of some of your initial thoughts uh, to start on, you know, what are, you know, like, what have you seen? I, I will just share, um, you know, we were looking at the crypto slam numbers right before the show. So right now, now we're up to over $11 million in total transactions, uh, total transaction volume, over 200,000 total transactions. And we've really only been live for just just over two weeks now. So, you know, while uh, the pace has been less frenetic than I think we saw with Top Shot uh, at the very beginning, it's still moving, man. $11 million over two weeks is, is a lot and 200,000 transactions is a ton. Um, what are some of your, you know, you, you keep referencing the comparisons are inevitable, but I'd love to just get some of your your immediate reactions to the NFL all-day marketplace uh, launch and, you know, a little bit of that comparison of, you know, in general, what have you thought of the first couple of weeks of the NFL all-day marketplace launch? And then, you know, how has that compared to maybe not your expectations, but public expectations and public perception there? Sure. I mean, I think that the numbers you just listed um, in a vacuum are, are extremely impressive. The problem is, is they're up against the backdrop of what many of us were fortunate enough to go through with, with Top Shot. Um, so as far as my expectations, they're pretty much, I mean, I, you know, not to, to toot my own horn or whatnot, but they're pretty much where not only I thought, but Ryan and a lot of the other guys on the team, um, you know, where they were seeing things going, where, uh, with its inevitable, uh, you know, bar set so high uh, where people think, well, this price is only going to go up, things of that nature. Uh, but once we kind of had that initial dip, uh, not that things have been necessarily uh, completely, you know, plateaued, it, they've stayed relatively, uh, you know, um, around the, the prices after the kind of first five or six day drop. And I think that's just people are getting this information quicker. Like I said, kind of comparing uh, the Patrick Mahomes to the Kevin Durant, that, that, that cycle. Um, if you remember that March, April, May, June, it was, it was kind of just like a constant 
you know, bleeding out of the marketplace. Whereas I feel like that has kind of happened at a much quicker pace. Now, obviously we're only two weeks in, um, but you know, with the circulation counts, I, you know, the, the four badge uh, Rams wide receiver, I, I, the name escapes me, the wide receiver, uh, I don't even know how many balls he caught. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was going for like a hundred, hundred bucks and, and uh, quickly came down to, I think it, it was down around 10 bucks. Um, it might still be in that area last I checked, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see something similar happen for the, the remainder of the off season. You might get a little buzz during the some campaigns with Mahomes or, or the draft, things of that nature. Um, but I think come August and September, uh, that that's going to be. Uh, I think that's where you should see expectations. Especially, we should have hopefully a roadmap by then. Um, maybe some more utility via maybe challenges or pr- is it primetime games they go after or or whatnot. I mean, um, I think that the, we've talked about the negative comparisons, uh, the inevitable comparisons with Top Shot. But I think the positive is is you know, Dapper was valued at over seven billion dollars in September. I mean, they they have these licenses with the NFL, the NBA. Um, you know, a, a good thing Ryan mentions in the article is just talking about how you know many different uh, physical cards companies there are, and a lot of his best you know cards are of defunct companies, right? Things of that nature. I I don't think we have to worry about that. Um, the way Dapper fails is if NFTs fail, and let's be real, if if you know it's March, 2022. And, and you're watching this live stream. You're not believing that. Right. So, um, yeah, th- that's where I think the positive comes in. Uh, another thing is, you know, the NBA actively met with Dapper to try to create this product. I, I believe it was on the first mint where I heard that, um, you know, they, th- the way the NBA is run, uh, I think it's kind of hard to argue. Uh, it, it's a great business, but compared to the other sports leagues, it's a fantastic sports league. Uh, whereas the NFL is kind of just, for lack of a better term, kind of in, in catch-up mode, a cash grab, if you will. Um, but at the end of the day, we know this. The NFL, it's king in this country, and, and as much growth as the NBA has made, um, it's still a long ways from from matching the NFL. So uh, we've kind of talked about the negatives with all day, but there are certain inherent uh, advantages that uh, you know having NBA top shot is kind of like a you know, hey, this is where we want to be 12, 15 months from now. And, and maybe they can try out maybe riskier things on Top Shot, see how that went. And then what they like, tweak it and kind of roll that out organically uh, with the NFL all day. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, to make a long story short, I, I think it's been pretty much expected, especially with, we don't know, is there going to be moments from week one to week, you know, nine? Are those going to come out? Are those going to come out, right. you know, in replay packs? Are they going to, you know, so there, there's still so much unknown that I think if, if if you're making any sort of purchase, you need to at least be willing to hold throughout the calendar year through the next football season, uh, just because there's so many variables at play. Um, but if you're making that uh, any purchase with a 12, 18 month plus horizon, uh, I think, I think you're making a good, uh, you know, your head's in the right place as long as of course you're you're mindfully choosing these moments yeah i I think the thing you said that resonated with me is you know it's not uh we don't know the utility yet right we haven't seen the explosion that we saw for top shot in january february time frame of last year but it's an entirely different nft environment as well like top shot really ushered in to a large extent a new age of interest in nfts and brought so many people into an ecosystem that no one knew about and NFL all day isn't launching in that environment. And so it's, you know, while people might have hoped that if they got in early on the beta and got some good stuff, that it would be similarly valuable to the early days of Top Shot, you know, that's just 
it's a different NFT environment. It's a different political and economic environment than it was at that time and crypto environment. So lots of factors. But I do think that the question mark that remains that is as of yet unanswered, but highly speculated about is what will that future utility be and how else will how will NFL all day you know do things similar to what Top Shot did around challenges with challenge rewards and around flash challenges and uh, what's the utility and you know the fantasy football is just such a bigger animal than fantasy basketball and is that something that they're going to bring a bring into you know a much earlier bring into existence much earlier featuring all day moments uh than they did which they still haven't done for top shot um certainly at the owners club you know we think uh and nfts and fantasy football is a great idea so uh imagine that we'll see something similar using nfl all day moments at some point but again that's speculation by by me at this point because we don't have that roadmap and i agree i think expecting that you know rocket ship we we haven't seen it i think if you were expecting the rocket ship uh you're disappointed but probably uh most people are not surprised absolutely what from a like overall trend perspective you know beyond the kind of macro nfl all day environment is there anything you know micro within what we've actually seen from a performance perspective that has surprised you or kind of not surprised you yeah you know i we kind of expected the quarterback and wide receivers, the kind of the, those stars. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously when we go and look at these tiers that uh, got a lot of response on Twitter, uh, you know, it, it makes sense. N- not only the stars of the league, but just the way that the league's moving, you know, when we get to comparing the, the quarterback tiers, the wide receiver tiers, and then the, the running back tiers, to me, at least the running backs almost feel closer to the tight ends than they do to the wide receivers and quarterbacks. And that was something that you know, someone being a lifelong football fan, it, it just shows you the sign of the times. Um, so really, that it's not ha- it's been surprising. It's just that it's been surprising to that level. Uh, and it's just one thing when just like that's why we use data in everyday decision makings. Uh, you know, you I, I kind of knew that, but when you see the actual price differences and and um, you know that that to me resonated the most. Um, you know, when you talk about these running backs. Uh, you take out those top five, you know, five years from now, how many of these guys are still going to be in the league, you know? So um, just, just thoughts like that really jumped out to me. Um, but it's really hard to make any big uh, conclusions yet. We are still only two weeks in. Uh, but I, I think another important part is, is, you know, when the NFL season kicks in, in August, you know, Top Shot's going to be done series three and it'll have its summer series again. I mean, there's so much that they're learning uh, and you would hope, I mean, obviously we've, we've had our hearts a little bit broken by Dapper before, but you would hope they're going to be incorporating some of these things. So um, no major takeaways yet, at least unexpected takeaways, but definitely confirming some, some, uh, you know, theories we had. Yeah. What about from a, any individual kind of player valuations that have stood out to you to date? Yeah, um, we were kind of talking about the the Trey Lance versus Trevor Lawrence. I was kind of shocked that the Trevor Lawrence legendary moment is more expensive than the the Trey Lance. Um, I mean, I get that Urban Meyer's gone and Doug Peterson's in there now, um, but Trey Lance's legendary moment is also his debut. Um, then you factor in uh, the talent, the, the 49ers, obviously three years ago going to a Super Bowl, this year uh, having a fourth quarter lead to potentially go to the Super Bowl. 
Uh, I think the bar for Trey Lance to come in and, and be a meaningful player in this league uh, is pretty high. Whereas, you know, Tre- Trevor Lawrence, there's a lot of ways things could, you know, he, he could not hit his expectations. Um, so that was definitely interesting to me. We were talking beforehand about how Brady doesn't have a legendary moment out yet. So uh, also there's kind of that, his rare moment, uh, I think it's around $1,800 right now. Um, there are sports books out there are saying you, you can put up money on if you think he'll actually play another down. Uh, so that one I, I expected to see, yeah, it, it's around implied odds, about 20% that he's going to return. Uh, I could easily see another Brett Favre scenario. I don't think I'm the only one, obviously. Um, so yeah, from, from actual, the players, um, there are some moments that, that like Super Bowl moments that are going for 20 bucks, things that, that I, I was surprised that they're that low. Uh, also, you know, if you look at sets, there's three rare sets you can get for right around 500 bucks. I mean, some of these sets are defensive players and, and two minute drills, things of that nature. But I think one thing that, that Dapper's learned from Top Shot is rewarding those set holders, you know, and getting those airdrops. Um, so I think, you know, being able to get those three um for, for around 500 bucks each is definitely something reasonable to ten, kind of take a, a pretty safe quote-unquote bet on that you'll probably get some sort of airdrop uh and maybe next year or, or uh even sooner and then also like the the super bowl if you think about the first super bowl uh, obviously we're talking about the chiefs and, and packers but you know that the first super bowl we're talking about if you think about it you know in terms of the all-day moments you can get that entire set for around $6,000 right now. And I, I mean, they're not all legendary. I think there's only two legendary moments, but there's a Jamar Chase uh, rare in there. Uh, you know, Matthew Stafford rare. So it might be a common, but a Matthew Stafford moment in there as well. Yeah. So I was a little shocked to see how low that is, uh, especially saying, obviously the Rams are not a marquee franchise now, but five, 10, 15 years from now being based in Los Angeles, um, that could very well change. Yeah, you've got the market. Yeah, I thought it was super interesting. And I was just going to share. Uh, oh, let me see. There we go. All right. I was just going to share this, man. This background is wild. I don't know what we did here. Uh, but the uh, so forgive me. Yeah, this was not supposed to be the background that we had. But you can see that the uh, that we, we broke down kind of what we saw from a rare and common tier of the top 25 low ask moments to so the top 25 moments with the low ask. And I think the thing that you called out quarterbacks and wide receivers, you know, winning the day holds true. Lots of rookies in there. Um, interesting that there were a couple team melts, but, you know, we clearly are seeing the the quarterback and the wide receivers being by far the most, uh, the most valuable valued moments by people. And, you know, I, I know we, we keep talking about it, but uh, it's because we believe in it. If you, if you looked at Ryan Reynolds article, uh, he put something out in, I mean, it must have been August or September timeframe, just mm-hmm. talking about how do we start to prepare mentally for digital collectibles and given his experience in the sports card market. And he said exactly that quarterbacks running or quarterbacks and wide receivers are going to win the day, running backs, tight ends, everyone else is, if you can find a diamond in the rough, if you can find a rookie who ends up being really good, if you can find a legend for a reasonable price, you know, that's a place that you might want to attack, but generally speaking, you're going to want the, uh, the, the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. And that's definitely played out in the data so far. Absolutely. And that kind of jives with, uh, I don't know if you play any dynasty fantasy football, but you know, that, that's kind of how we build in dynasty right, with those young wide receivers. Um, so yeah, just sign of the times. 
All right. Well, I'm going to see if I can share my screen without the wild uh, background, <laughs> but I did want to kind of transition into a little bit of the tiers discussion. Um, I know you mentioned them, but definitely something that um, that we are thinking about uh, all the time here at at Own the Moment, and um, we've been putting out our tier rankings of players uh, over the past week or so on Twitter. So we do have the um, we do have that, and I'm going to pull it up now. Um, but just wanted to kind of walk through and get your thoughts. I know that you, uh, for for folks who don't know. Uh, Jay was not as as involved in some of the actual tier <laughs> rankings as I was, so you're going to get a little bit of his unfiltered thoughts. Whereas, you know, I, I have a little bit of a reputation to protect because I was a <laughs> part of the team that that made the tiers. But uh, I, Jay, I'd love to just kind of start. So start with quarterback. We saw some discussion um, about all of these on Twitter, and, and we can reference that. But you know, as we look at at quarterback, what are some of your your takeaways here for? Um, you know, was there anyone who stood out in the tier they were in for a good or a bad reason? Yeah, I think um, this is where you kind of have to separate the the on-field stats from the perception. And, and, you know, it's not just the stats in a vacuum. So, for example, like Aaron Rodgers being on the same level as Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think if you look at Aaron Rodgers' career, his numbers, I mean, absolutely, you know, he, he should be right up there. But he's been overshadowed by Brady and and, and even – Manning and some of the other, uh, you know, legendary quarterbacks we've had during this time. Whereas um, at this moment, Patrick Mahomes has a pretty good, um, you know, uh, the, the next one, if you will. So um, if it was between yeah. Mahomes and Rogers, I would definitely take Mahomes. And I think that's the best way to, to try to uh, decipher what you feel different to the marketplace. Uh, and, that, and that's what makes this fun is, is, you know, there's not necessarily a right answer. It's just, you know, who's going to put their money behind it, right? I'm going to buy these moments. You're going to buy those moments and, you know, we'll see the right answer in a couple of years. Um, but, you know, same price, same type of moment. I would definitely take Patrick Mahomes over Aaron Rodgers. It's mostly just because of the upside. Uh, I, I love Tom Brady having the, the appropriate GOAT status. Um, you got to imagine a legendary is going to come out at some point. Uh, really curious to see how the market reacts to that. Um, potential Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I know this one was, was uh, going back and forth internally with the Own the Moment team, but uh, I think Ben Roethlisberger is definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, but Russell Wilson, I can see Russell Wilson having a, a long career still in Denver, um, just the way he you know takes care of himself. And I mean, he's an easy guy sometimes to make fun of, but um, you know, I, I could see that guy playing in the league for a long time, uh, but barring of course an injury of some sort. Um, whereas you're kind of getting Matthew Stafford kind of at his high point right now off of the Super Bowl run, you know, maybe that he gets another one, something of that nature. But, uh, I think Russell kind of having, I think it was the first year, I think it's the first time he hasn't finished first or second in a division when he actually finished fourth in a division. So I think you are kind of getting a buy low on, on Wilson there. Um, obviously Joe Burrow has tons of, t uh, upside Josh Allen. I mean, pretty much anyone in that top talent elite upside, um, it's a crazy group when you think about the actual football players in that group. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the the crazy part is is it's almost like who do who would you not? I think that that's almost the better discussion is who would you not pick in that? And and to me, it's Kyler Murray, which is insane to think about, given how he he could easily be a revolutionary player. Um, I think you're kind of getting Lamar Jackson. I mean, I'm out here in the the DC Maryland area. I'm not a Ravens fan, but I respect the Ravens organization. They were just decimated by injuries. Uh, and, and, you know, Lamar Jackson is younger than Joe Burrow. So that's something I think a lot of people forget about. Um, so he could e he could easily, you know, take it to an, another level. 
Uh, and then I think it's a big Got to talk about Joe though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe, it's funny because there's two of the biggest bets in my life uh, Joe ha- has burned me on. And I still love Joe. I had a, I had a, <laughs> yeah, I had a futures ticket um, on the Clemson team. The year they beat Alabama, I had a smaller futures on it. I went in halftime when they were beating Alabama. I put it on the next year. I was at the Westgate. I was actually watching the game with Sports Cheetah and um, some of the guys from the Action Network out in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Ran up there and put it for next year. Put put a hefty bet on it. Sat on it all year and I hedged out Alabama, hedged out Georgia, and then you know LSU, Joe Burrow, and, and uh, Ed Orgeron just come out of nowhere and have a historic year. Uh, I had also a huge futures bet on the, the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl this year. And Joey B does it to me again, and I still love the guy. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, other than that, um, I, I think Trey Lance is Trey Lance and Dak Prescott are the only ones that aren't in there that I, I kind of equate to even being in the realm of that top talent elite upside. Uh, I think you know Dak with the cowboy effect, with you know they they've really been close. And, and I grew up a, a Redskin, whatever foot, Washington Football Commander fan, whatever you want to call it. I, I'm not anymore, given the the state of that franchise not not because the name the owner but um yeah but i mean you know if dak dak's an easy guy to root for and with the cowboys effect and they've been pretty close they've kind of been unlucky on a couple of things so i could see them winning a super bowl at least at least one and then trey lance uh and of course trevor lawrence uh but trey lance i mean it's just so easy to see the the, the stars connecting for him so uh those are my thoughts how, how about yourself other than than a little uh joey b uh pumping yeah got it got all of joey b uh it was a fun fun season to be a Bengals fan for the first time in many years you guys yeah, i definitely that. think i definitely think dak is uh is probably kind of the most contentious one here in terms of you know ranking relative to everyone else um he's certainly proven more than uh anyone in that young high upside line and he's not that much older than most of them um, and you could argue he's proven somewhat similar, you know, so far to the top talent, some of the top talent elite upside guys. So I think he's probably the hardest one to rank there. Um, and, and he does feel differentiated from the guys in that proven solid tier. Um, I do think uh, the cowboy effect was something that Ryan talked about quite a bit in his most recent article about some moments that he would be targeting if he was kind of in the buying space in uh nfl all day right now and that's a real thing so definitely i think dax the one that that makes the most kind of sense in terms of uh, or makes the most sense to discuss like is he in the right place um let's move on to uh to our running back tier and uh you know anything like lots of names on here but but any kind of couple guys that stand out to you this one got a lot of uh discussion on Twitter. There were a lot of people who didn't like uh, a number of the guys that we ranked where we ranked them. Yeah. I think that's just like something about Twitter and fantasy football, Twitter with, with running backs. It's, it's like a, it's a, it's a bit of course, but it's also just like every off season, always running back. You can make a case for all of them or someone's overrated. Um, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this, uh, you know, at the beginning of the show, I, I think trying to maybe buy a team that's on the upside and trying to equate that with a younger running back. So someone like Javante Williams to me kind of sticks out where, you know, if they don't bring back Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, Javante could very easily be a, a first round late, you know, maybe early second round draft pick in a lot of fantasy drafts. And, and if Russell Wilson, you know, takes the Broncos to where they, they need to be, you know, you might be getting two, three, four years of, of a real stud running back. Um, I also think, you know, maybe 
think of those indirect things that could help uh, a running back. So uh, obviously the Colts just traded away Carson Wentz, but they also got rid of that contract. They have a lot of cap space. So if they were to somehow bring in a quarterback, um, you might want to hop on Jonathan Taylor because, I mean, he had ridiculous numbers last year, um, but they should have been a playoff team. They, they choked that week uh, 18 game to the Jaguars. So then, you know, how, how much – uh, better does a quarterback really have to be, or even good, excuse me, how good does a quarterback have to be to be better than Carson Wentz was last year? You know, you can get a Matt Ryan in there, or you can get a, you know, Kirk Cousins in there. And that's a, that's a big jump from how bad Carson Wentz really was last year, uh, which is of course why the Washington commanders, you know, traded for him. Uh, but that's for another story. Uh, for me, you know, I think Christian McCaffrey, tons of risk given, you know, I think he's been out 20 of the last 33 games, something of that nature. Um, Derek Henry to me is if we look back on this era of football, he's the last just truck stick era running back with, with immense speed and whatnot. So for me, um, he's almost the quote unquote safest guy on this list for me. Uh, obviously yeah. Adrian Peterson's Adrian Peterson, but you know, we're not getting his, his prime moments, things of that nature. So for me, Derek Henry's kind of at the top, um, and, and, other than that, I, I'm really not trying to venture because most of these names are established. And as we know with running backs, um, that means they're on the, the downhill. So I, I don't see tons of upside with that. So uh, Javante for me, um, and, and if not, maybe looking at some other young running backs uh, and, and even potentially thinking about rookies coming in. Uh, you know, obviously they're not out yet, but thinking of guys uh, for season two potentially. Yeah. Uh Quickly, Henry, Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Famer, if he retired tomorrow, I think so. Yes, man, it, that that was probably the, some of the most debate we got. The other one, <laughs> um, Damian Harris, uh, being in the not a standout bucket, people did not like that. Uh, any thoughts? Uh, New England running backs, they just recycle them. It, it, you know, as always, Belichick's ahead of the game. He's been doing this for a decade plus, you know, recycling the running backs. Um, you know, you can argue he's not even the best running back in his backfield um, with Stevenson. You know, Ramondre had some some beast games this past year. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be interested to see. And definitely of the people in that not a stand-up bucket, I think kind of Damian Harris is the one most likely to emerge there. Um, you know, Miles, people were talking about Miles Sanders. Like, how many times do you got to not do it to for for someone to stop yeah. saying that you're going to do it? So, you, you, uh, you know, you know how Penn State fans are. You know. <laughs> uh, as an Ohio State Buckeye, exactly. I sure do. That's uh, right. <laughs> so, uh, jump into wide receivers. I mean, the names on this list are just insane, um, and like the young high upside group uh, in of itself is just an insane group. Um, so certainly don't have time to get through everything and, uh, and, and still uh, get to sleep tonight. Um, any kind of names in that like young high upside or, or in particular that proven solid, I know we got a ton of discussion about the talent in that proven solid bucket. And, you know, we had to tier people at some point, but like what names there, you know, if you had to pick a couple, would you say, yeah, I just think, I think they should be absolutely be higher. Yeah, th that is the the cohort that you stare at. And um, for me, you know, man, it's almost like, who do I not want? Um, C.D. Lamb with obviously Amari Cooper, uh, you know, potentially leaving. I don't know if that's 100% confirmed yet, but it sounds like he's going to be out the door. Um, Jalen Waddell with, um, you know, the new coach in uh, Miami coming from San Francisco, the, the Shanahan tree, you know, they're going to just 
feed him whenever they can. Um, Jerry Judy with the new addition of Russell Wilson. Uh, Kadarius yeah, Tony. Yeah, this yeah. list was put together before the Russ news, and right. I feel way better about advocating for Judy moving <laughs> up given that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kadarius Tony, if he's healthy, and, and Brian Dable can, you know, get something out of Daniel Jones or potentially Mitch Trubisky or another quarterback they bring in there. Um, I think R- Rashad Bateman, uh, he had that really weird injury that kind of uh, nagged him throughout the year, but when he was out there um lamar was only healthy for about four or five games when they were both out there with mark andrews um they they really had a formidable offense and it's so weird because we're used to the ravens obviously you're a Bengals fan knowing how it used to be all about their defense but their defense was pretty bad especially for them last year but their offense yeah. was pretty great so um you know marquise brown being kind of seems to be like that uh in the nba at least you know like that that one uh, B type player, he might be the one B type wide receiver, whereas Bateman might be the one A um, in that year two breakout. So, I mean, just tons of guys there. Uh, another one that proven solid that Hunter Renfro. I really want to see with Josh McDaniels how he gets utilized. Um, Derek Carr loves throwing <laughs> the short ball. Uh, Renfro is just a winner. Uh, he, he's just one of those guys. You know, you see the Alex Caruso moments in NBA Top Shot and things of that nature. He's kind of like a cult hero with that. Uh, so I can see that being an interesting one as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think uh, given some of the feedback and if I had to do it again, like that proven solid is a good mix of veterans who've been doing it for really well for a long time and some young guys, I think I'd probably move Terry McLaurin up because he isn't that old, probably still young enough to qualify for our young high upside bucket. If I were going to do it again, um, I don't, I don't know the exact, uh, I don't know. I don't remember exactly how old he is right now, but um, it definitely feels, I mean, there's a ton of really talented guys in that bucket. Chris, even currently talented Godwin, McClure and Cooper cooks, Lockett, like all had great years um, this year and, and all still feel kind of at the top of their game. So tough to, to try to, to differentiate, um, you know, but I think if I were gonna if I were gonna do it again and move one guy, uh, I probably would move McLaurin up. Yeah, and that, that's definitely the Buckeye in you. Um, I just wish <laughs> for, for for his sake he wasn't with the, the Commanders. Can can you imagine him with with Joe or or you know an actual quarterback uh, and an actual offense? He, he's an absolute stud, um, and he's one of the only reasons I still watch their games. He, he he's an absolute beast. Uh, one person I did want to mention was Odell Beckham. Uh, really, just interesting to see where he goes free agency wise. I can see that Super Bowl moment being really interesting if he were to leave LA, um, since you know you're only going to get four or five, I think three or four moments from him in LA. It's, you know they won the Super Bowl. He's such a you know famous player, so that is definitely one to keep your eye on as well. See where he lands. Yeah, certainly the name is uh, as big as the game at this point, but uh, he should flashes. Even that that touchdown catch in the Super Bowl was, was pretty impressive. So. Uh, one guy in the not a standout bucket that you think kind of might uh, m- might ascend. Oh man, uh, Brandon Ayuk. If you remember going into uh, fantasy football, and you know I, I am a proud Sun Devil. Uh, he he was supposed to be. A lot of people thought he was going to be the the number one wide receiver, uh, and, and Debo Samuel just just absolutely had a, a monster year last year. So um, be interesting to see how that happens if, if Debo were to get hurt. You know, Shanahan is such a creative play caller. Uh, I could see him making a, a huge jump like that. Um, 
you know, KJ Osborne with, uh, unfortunately, Adam Thielen's one of my favorite players in the NFL, but his time's seemingly coming to an end here shortly. And, and defenses are going to just have to try to stop Justin Jefferson. So, uh, you know, we saw some flashes. I remember that Arizona Cardinals game. He had some couple big plays this past year. So, um, you know, those guys make, might make those big jumps. Um, but yeah, how about yourself? Anything stick out? I think, uh, you know, I got burned so bad by Visca last year that I don't know that I can go back to Visca. But from a from a combination of like youth and draft pedigree, um, he feels like he might be uh, he might have some more upside that uh, most people in that uh, in that list don't have. But I do agree. Um, I think Ayuk I- was another one who generated a ton of discussion. People did not like that. We called him not a standout, uh, despite the fact that, I mean, he objectively wasn't a standout last year. He yeah. was fine it ish for the second half of the year and less than that uh, at the beginning so um all right we get to uh to some of our lighter tiers but uh you know again a lot of discussion here on our on our george kittle potential hall of fame uh what's your take you think oh man you there's think he's on that trajectory or you think there's too aggressive there's few people who like george kittle as much as me and i think that's actually aggressive he just with the injuries i mean he's an he's an amazing blocker but i mean you know, it's just so hard to quantify that. And, and um, you know, if we're talking about an actual football player, and I know that doesn't make sense because we're, we are talking about the actual Hall of Fame, uh, but the way that the Hall of Fame is measured, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I, I would love for him to be it. I think he's a, he's a great player. He's a throwback player, um, but he just gets hurt a lot. It's hard to rely on him. Um, I, I didn't think these tiers are pretty good. Uh, I do think Mark Andrews, just the fact that the Ravens gave him that contract, um, I just have so much respect for the Ravens organization. It's kind of a, a yin yang here in the DC area. Uh, the commanders are just like the absolute worst and the Ravens are just a really good organization. So anytime I see them hand out a contract to somebody, um, that that's always, you know, I, I take that with a, with a great deal of respect. Um, and you know, just this, the scarcity of the position, uh, and, and off that it, it's hard not to just be in love with Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, the Ridley news, uh, I mean, there's just going to be a ton of there's going to be a ton of targets, and and, you know Ryan Reynolds mentions this all the time. And he's a wide receiver. He's a wide receiver who who has tight end designation. So um, I'm happy to take um, you know advantage of that as much as I can. And then a little bit further down the list, um, I don't know if you have do you have Donald Parnum down here? That that's it's almost like a bit. I know some of the the establish the run guys always talk about him, but uh, he's just got a massive frame. Uh, with the upside with Justin Herbert being a tight end with the Chargers, he might be a guy right. we could we could throw a dart at. Um, I, I don't yeah. know if he has a moment yet. I'm not certain. Right, right, it, and that's why I figure why he wouldn't be on here. So maybe maybe uh, you know something comes out next year. You get not only is it a, a series two, but then it is a top shot debut. Um, and then in Joku, um, you know that other team in Cleveland, they just franchised him. You you would think they're going to yeah. utilize him first round pick. Uh, just a freak athlete still. I think he's only 24, 25. I think he was like 20 when he entered the league. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think the other guy that uh, certainly has his arrow pointing up uh, after the news this week is, uh, is Albert. O. Um, yeah. With, with Fant going and, you know, he was definitely a guy who kind of emerged as a weapon despite a crowded wide receiver and tight end core and uh, not, not good quarterback play at all. Um, will be interesting to see if they, could view him as a, you know, as a potential uh, starting number one tight end, or if they, um, you know, if, if they're going to draft someone at the position to replace Fant, but definitely a guy that might be worth taking a shot on right now in the hopes that he 
benefits from Russ, who's who's always you know done well with tight ends despite never having great talent at the position. Yeah, that, that was it was actually funny. My first thought when I heard about the trade um, was I was actually happy the commanders didn't get Russell Wilson because he was like the only person who would make me care about that franchise again. Uh, but it, once I heard he was going to Denver, I was automatically thinking about the owner's club. I was like, oh, man, Bron- Broncos tight end card is going to be sick with Alberto and Fan. And then I heard Fan was part of the package. I was like, oh, damn, that's too bad. So just shows you how, you know, play, if, if you haven't uh, played, uh, you know, the owner's club, it just completely revolutionizes it when you get the whole position group. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of changes to the to the owners club stuff, and in the off season, ability to make some of these trades now and invest for for next year with the S one cards is is big. Uh, our favorite tier, of course, <laughs> are kickers and punters. Absolutely, uh, I mean Justin Tucker is an absolute legend, so uh, I would probably put a, a little bit more of a, a buffer in between Hall of Famer and potential Hall of Famer. Um, and that's more to say about Justin uh, Tucker than Harrison Butker. I mean, he, he's a great kicker as well, but Justin C- Tucker is just going to be, you know, he'll, he'll be like on the, uh, the all NFL team, you know, when they do the 200 year anniversary or whatever. I mean, he's just, he's just unbelievable. Uh, and, and I say that I'm very jealous just because a lot of my friends are Ravens fans. And I mean, for so long, they would just play defense. I mean, you know, this is a Bengals fan. They would just play defense. Uh, don't turn the ball over and just get across right. half, 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 <laughs> uh, you know, midfield, uh, yeah. yeah, midfield and just you're in Tucker range. And uh, so he, he's unbelievable. I do think y'all have a great kicker though. Uh, McPherson, uh, not only is he got a lot, yeah, not only does he have a lot of talent, he's also got a little bit of, you know, personality, which, which, which I don't, you know, it, it's almost more of a swag than Tucker has. Tucker has a little bit more of a swag, whereas McPherson is more of a character, which I think is almost kind of jives with that team. Right. Cause just Joe, Joe's got the swag on the Bengals. So, so McPherson's more of a you know kind of a character, which is which is fun. Uh, but other than that, but, but important for something like NFL all day too, right? Not that I think that kickers are ever going to be particularly valuable, but I do think that as we think about players and kind of their short and long term value, the uh, in addition to kind of the on the field, um, the on the field product, you've also got to have the name recognition. You got to have the brand. I know. Uh, we had originally had DJ Moore the, as a wide receiver in the, you know, not a stand, not, excuse me, the proven solid bucket. And it's like, he's 24 and has like three 1100 yard seasons. Uh, but you don't, you know, you don't think about him because he's not a big name off the field. And so that does start to matter. Absolutely. It's that holistic approach. So, and then uh, the last one, there are so many <laughs> defensive backs and linebackers in the uh in nfl all day today i know a lot of people got all fired up about us listing von miller as a linebacker guys we got these these designations from all day so you know hold your horses uh certainly you know there's there's a lot to go through here but i'd love to just hear kind of your overall approach again i don't think a lot of people are going to be really excited if they pull a defensive player in an all-day pack but you know there is value to be had here ryan talked about it in, in his article from the summer what what would your approach be to trying to find value in defensive players yeah i'm definitely going to kind of outsource that so find trusted sources like ryan or whomever and i'm going to read their articles and and, and instead of diving into the defense um i might make an investment on a von miller moment uh or like a young you know micah parsons rookie moment th- things of that nature and if I see that the market has steam, well, then I, I have some exposure to it. And then I will kind of dive into it 
Uh, but for me, I'm going to let the market prove it to me before I, I kind of dive into it, if that makes any sense. Now, there's, there's you know, nine different ways to skin a cat and whatnot. So uh, if you do want to dive into this, uh, I think that, you know, maybe you don't focus on offense and you just focus on this and, and that would be, uh, you know, a good strategy. But for me, uh, you know, that Von Miller moment, you know, he tweeted out kind of cryptically about uh, potentially returning to the Broncos now that Russell Wilson's coming back, you know, he's got a Super Bowl moment. He's got, you know, you know, he's got Rams moments that um, that's series one. He's a hall of famer and, you know, they won the Super Bowl that year. So that if I see him sign with the Broncos, I might jump on that moment because, you know, that that's something that's going to be hard to replicate. Um, and that way I have some exposure to defense. If I see that market is maturing and, and has some traction and volume, then I might dive into it and say, okay, is it defensive backs? Is it pass rushers? Is it turnover guys? Is it, you know, is it, you know, where do we find the, the signal in that? Uh, but for me, I'm kind of starting at such a baseline level because I'm more, you know, I come from the fantasy and sports betting side of things. Um, I'm going to have a little bit of exposure, outsource the, the actual um, research to people I trust. And if we see value here, we see, you know, we're getting good returns, then I'll, I'll kind of dive deeper into it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, funny how many of the big names that at the top of the list kind of are already on the move this offseason. But, I, I, you know, it's an interesting perspective of uh, despite those big names being on the list, um, most of them, you know, don't. Von Miller obviously made his name with the Broncos. His moment is with the Rams. Khalil Mack made his name in Oakland and then had had some good years in Chicago and now might be on the move as well. Uh, Richard Sherman, you know, has played for a few different teams and his moment will not be with the, the, you know, Seahawks, which you associate him with. So um, definitely some, some interest there. Uh, if there's one guy in the uh, potential hall of fame that you think is like absolutely a lock, who is it? Oh man. I probably Khalil Mack. Uh, it, it, for me, it's, it's Khalil Mack or Patrick Peterson. Uh, I want to say the Honey Badger, just because I'm such a huge fan of the Honey Badger. I just remember his LSU days and whatnot. Um, but uh, I, I just think Khalil Mack and, and Patrick Peterson's uh, body of work is, is pretty much cemented. Um, how about yourself? Yeah, I think Mack with the uh, the Defensive Player of the Years uh, has a really good chance to get there. There there was a statistic about the um, you know total the number of defensive linemen or linebackers who've gotten in without high sack totals being really low and Mac isn't there yet but he's still got some time if he can stay healthy so yeah I think that makes sense and if, if TJ Watt were a little bit older I, I'd um, you know I'd probably put him in there but he, he's just so young but you know we could easily two three years from now be having him in the potential hall of fame or even hall of fame category yeah Awesome. Well, uh, we've got the one, the last tier to come out uh, will be tomorrow, but uh, now we did tease it. So we will, uh, we will just touch on it briefly. Uh, the week 18 replay pack expected value. So this is alpha from the Herzig bot himself. <laughs> uh, didn't join the, the pod today, but did send us this. And so uh, this is what we're expecting for the, uh, the EV for the packs tomorrow. I'm guessing he'll probably put this out on Twitter tomorrow, but Wanted to get it to people who are watching the show earlier uh, quickly. So we're expecting standard packs, again, to be kind of basically break even, slightly EV negative, 43 to $50 expected value. And then the premium packs being a little bit uh, a little bit more EV negative. But, you know, this is obviously expected. Some are going to be below this. Some are going to be above it. It depends very much on 
what you get in the pack as always. Um, but good to have this information as you're making your decision on do you want to buy or not? Absolutely. And uh, remember, this is what a lot of people were, were kind of, uh, you know, complaining about or wanting for NBA top shot. So don't, you know, if you see the negative EV, that's not necessarily a bad thing now that we have a marketplace, um, you know, all, all the variables we've talked about in the show so far. Yeah. And that's obviously only for kind of current EV uh, that, that doesn't take into account any changes in value over time. So awesome. Well, we've been going for a while now, uh, Jay, any last thoughts before we, uh, we wrap up today? No, no, I just something I put in my article uh, about the, the marketplace is, is just, you know, reality is, uh, or excuse me, uh, happiness is reality minus, uh, expectations. So, you know, if you're expecting to make these quick flips and things of that nature, you're, you're, you're not going to be happy with your purchases. I'm pretty confident in that. But if you are mindful with it and you're waiting to hold, you know, six, 12, 18 months plus, um, I, I think you're going to just really have a lot of fun. And that, that was the thing that drove me to Top Shot was, man, this is a lot of fun. And uh, if you kind of go in with that uh, expectations, uh, using the tools you know, that own the moment has reaching out in discord, you know, reaching out to myself on Twitter, um, whatever I can do to help. Uh, and you're actively learning from it. I mean, like I said, that's how I became a part of the, the OTM team was, you know, I was just having fun. You guys were helping me out. I reached out and, and now, you know, I, I'm hoping uh, to teach some people, uh, you know, how to, how to have a good time and, and hopefully of course make some money in the long term. but, but really it's just all about having fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, lots to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll continue to push content around all day, both kind of players to target from the, you know, the the player perspective, as well as marketplace analysis and what we've been doing over the past couple of weeks. Uh, all the replay uh, packs are, are coming out. So really exciting. Um, definitely, you know, things that I think will be particularly excited about and probably come back and talk about get back together and, and have another uh, have another pod on once we start to learn a little bit more about the roadmap and the utility and what that means so uh super exciting stuff but jay appreciate the time today and uh you know thanks for for giving all your insight to the people absolutely and uh congratulations on the first uh, well done hosting job <laughs> oh yeah well we'll see if it, if anyone sees this i did do it all by myself but i doubt anyone's gonna see this we probably just wasted a bunch of jay's time but nah, hopefully nah. producer coop will give it the uh the stamp of approval he can edit out all the parts he doesn't like so. <laughs> all right well with that uh we'll call it a night uh for jay and, and bach uh and the otm team we're out <laughs>